The Sports Career Podcast, episode 205, how to maximize your career development in strength and conditioning. Sports Achiever and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. Before I talk about this week's special guest, out of interest, are you part of my Sports Career Mastermind group, which is a Facebook group which is all about helping people grow a global network in the sports industry. If you want to connect with other like-minded people who are keen and really eager to add value to the sports industry moving forward, this group is for you. Head to education to sport forward slash FB and I look forward to seeing you in this Facebook group and hearing more about your sports career ambition as well. Now getting back to today's show, as always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular area of the sports industry, especially if you have an interest with regards to strength and conditioning. I really do hope that this podcast can serve you well with regards to your sports career development, interests and needs. Now getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Dominic King. Dominic is the head of athletic development at Halton Tennis Centre. Also, he's the founder of Maximise Athlete Performance, where he specialises in helping elite athletes perform at their best relating to strength and conditioning, mental and emotional skill training and recovery. I have to say I'm really intrigued in what Dominic does in the sort of sports science, strength and conditioning sector of the sports industry. And it's great to have him as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode, Dominic will share his sports career journey and explain to you how you can maximise your career development in strength and conditioning. Dominic, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please do share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Quite a long time ago now. Um, I'm a little bit longer in the tooth. Um, I kind of came into it. I was, you know, strength and conditioning coach. That's sort of what, what I am by by profession. And I kind of came into it in a bit of a roundabout way, um, which actually I think is kind of quite important. We could explore that you know, a little bit more because I think we have a, a potential of losing some potentially very good coaches in the industry because they are coming from a slightly less traditional inverted commas background, if that makes sense. But they're coming at it with, you know, rich life experience and knowledge. So that, you know, that's a thing I have in my kind of head, you know, at, at the moment, um, because my, my degree was actually French and Russian. Um, and a lot of people are a bit, a bit shocked by that. Um, but, you know, my school kind of led me down that path um, at the time. I was, you know, 17, didn't really know, you know, they were very influential in that. Um, and I did my A-levels in 1995. So I'll leave you to guess, you know, to work out my, my age from that. Um, and you know, I guess if, if strength and conditioning or sports science was an option back then, I wasn't really aware of it, you know, in terms of degree level. So I wasn't necessarily aware of, you know, that that as a, as a potential path. Um, so I did my degree um, at the University of Nottingham, French and Russian, and I came out and I started working in a finance department of a major retailer, um, just kind of as soon as I graduated. And then basically the, the turning point for me was that my, like one of my best friends 
um, died in a road accident. And it kind of, it was one of those moments where, you know, you're like, right, what am I doing? What do I want to do? Is this what I want to be doing? Do I want to be doing this for the next 50 years or even five years or even five months? And so, you know, I decided I, I didn't. And I sort of looked around and thought, okay, what do I want to get into? And I kind of had two options at the time for me. I thought, well, I really should probably still use my languages and that side of things. So I thought, why don't I? So I applied for a master's in violence, conflict and development, which sounds lighthearted. Um, and then I also saw this diploma in personal training and sports therapy. And I played loads of sports growing up, loved sports. I'd really kind of got into gyms type exercise a little bit more in my you know, final year of university and, and thereafter while I was working. And I looked at that and I thought, by that point, this is sort of 2000 now, this happened. This was, you know, it was a little bit more of a of a thing, a little bit more of, a, of an industry that was developing. Um, so I looked at it and I, you know, I, I just thought I had to take the plunge and I decided to go for the diploma in sports therapy or personal training sports therapy and realized early on that that was entry level. You know, for me, that was that was good. It got me into it. I could get in, get get and get some experience. But it was going to be really important for me to continue to upskill, continue to learn, you know, continue to develop. Um, and so that's what I then did. I worked in corporate fitness for for a while. Um, did that late, you know, late evenings, early mornings, um, sleeping on trains, sleeping in clothes to get up in time, you know, putting that effort in. Did that for a while, um, and then. The LTA, Lawn Tennis Association, at that point, I think about 2005, I think, were putting together their blueprint for British tennis. And I saw this and tennis had always been my sport growing up, my main sport. And so I looked at that and I thought, well, that sounds that sounds interesting. You know, how can I get involved in that? And I thought, I'd love to get involved in, in, in sport. And so I wrote to them and to their credit, they wrote back and said, yeah, we, we are recruiting, but, you know, maybe not at the moment or you know whatever see how it goes so i thought okay so i thought i'd apply to or write to some of the high performance training centers as they were at the time and uh many didn't reply a couple did and i ended up going up for a, some meetings at, at halton tennis center which is um was one of the high performance centers at the time and that was in 2007 and i've been there ever since i find this really interesting but i've got to decode some of it i've got to go back in time just with regards to looking back of how the industry has grown, like you said, when you were studying, there wasn't the opportunities from an educational standpoint like there is now. So for students listening in, how important is it for them to capitalize on the knowledge they have into the industry that you wish you had? Because sometimes we take our degrees for granted, which you didn't have when you were studying. So just reflecting, how have you seen the industry develop and how should students apply that knowledge right to the get-go when they graduate? I mean, as an industry, it's developed exponentially um, in that time. I mean, it may well, very well, people will correct me, it probably was an option back then, but it wasn't necessarily an option that was on my radar, I think, uh, at that time. But I think now, I mean, I don't know how many degree courses there are at how many different institutions, but there are loads. And it's very much a, it's a very popular degree course at the moment, which is great. I think it whether or not all, all courses are created equally. I think there's a lot of discussion at the moment saying, are the degree courses in some places adequately preparing the graduates for going into the industry? Um, and that's, you know, we can discuss that a little bit in, in, in more detail as well. But I think you've got to choose wisely, you know, look around. There are loads. I mean, it, it, it's brilliant. In one, way, in one way, it's brilliant. 
because obviously there are lots a lot of people looking to come into the industry and it's an industry that i love and i love the fact that it's grown and it's now looking for chartered status and we're now really you know we're developing we're maturing as an industry absolutely and that's brilliant that can only be a good thing for people in it um but on the flip side of that you know the market now is quite saturated and can be quite saturated so you've got however many thousands of people probably coming out of their degree courses every year so whilst the degree is great it's less of a probably a distinguishing factor than it was and I think people need to find other ways to distinguish themselves and need to find, you know, do other things, not necessarily just rely on the, on the course, get the knowledge, absolutely, but look for, you know, other ways that you can distinguish yourself in the marketplace. Just on that note, there's something I say to students, there's practical knowledge and theory knowledge. So the theory knowledge is the degree and then you've got the practical knowledge where you've got to put it into practice in an environment where it's sort of that coaching environment, like for strength and conditioning, out of interest with regards to that significant moment to you with that car crash, which then put you on that path with your strength and conditioning. Can you remember when you put yourself out there to get that experience and how important is that looking back to your career right now? Oh, absolutely vital. I mean, I know we, you know, we possibly might talk about the, the top tips. We're kind of going ahead a bit, a little bit, maybe because, one of my top tips for for people you know for graduates for students is get experience get out there get experience anyhow anywhere with anyone you know you've just got to get go and get some experience you'll learn in my opinion you'll learn far more by getting out there and doing you know a number of sessions and training people and coaching people than you will by spending hours in you know in, in the classroom and with your head in books absolutely that is important and important to get you're right absolutely that's that's the the technical knowledge but you can have the best technical knowledge in the world and you, and you see you have this great plan written down and you think, oh, I love this plan. This is the best program I've ever written. And then suddenly someone comes in and says, well, you know, I'm feeling a bit sore in this place today. I'm, and suddenly your, your plan's out the window and you can see those that can adapt to that or those that struggle to adapt to that. But the more you, the more experience you get, the better you kind of get at it. And I kind of almost liken it i've tried to sort of liken it a little bit to languages a touch because my language my sort of linguist background a little bit in that when you're first learning a language you're very conscious you have to think about it you know it's like how do i structure this how do i put this together what goes where when you're first starting i guess in practically in strength and conditioning or any kind of coaching again it's a little bit okay what am i doing here i have to you know really think about it then as you progress with your language it becomes a little bit more fluent you know fluent and you can just sort of like boom 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 speak Likewise, with the strength and conditioning, you know, someone comes in and you just have to adapt on the fly like that quick, 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 quick to adapt to the situation around you, adapt to the, you know, what, what you've got in front of you. And I kind of always draw a few parallels between the two. But that's probably just because of my various backgrounds. I found that really interesting. Actually, I've done coaches on this podcast who talk about learning an instrument and then doing their coaching and how it interwines even different sports when they coach. Uh, Dr. Dave Aldridge said he's a better uh, rugby coach when he coaches golf and he's a better rugby coach. Uh, sorry, well, he's a better golf coach when he coached rugby because of the the le- how we learn. I think it comes down to that. Just on that note, I think this is really important because everybody says this phrase, and we've just said it, get work experience or get volunteering. I want to decode that, if that's, if that's okay, to make it as simpler for some people to understand. So when people say get experience, does that mean to you job shadowing? Does that mean to you um, literally putting yourself out there and maybe, I don't know, you part of a training session but you've got guidance with another coach could you just put that in a somebody can visualize and put that experience into place so let's say they've got the knowledge what's that first step 
of getting that experience. What guidance would you give on that? If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think it can take a few different forms. I think there are some good mentorship programs around. There are some good internship programs around. There are some bad ones. Um, you know, ones that you've got to be careful again that you are getting value for what you're doing. I think if you reach out to people and just say, can I come and shadow? There's nothing to be, I can't imagine many people in the industry would, would say no to that and just say, yeah, absolutely, come and, come and shadow, come and watch. If you shadow and watch and you want to get involved and you just say, oh, can I can I help with that? Can I set that up? What do you need here? You know, obviously it's perhaps not as easy right now, but, you know, when we get back into into things, hopefully sooner rather than later, you know, that will, there's those options. Just just put yourself out there. Just send out messages. Try and get involved. Just just be willing to do things. Another side of it is that, I mean, I spent a lot of time doing what could be called general personal training. And sometimes there there can be situations where if you want to go into strength and conditioning, you want to go into sport, you want to go into that environment, that can be considered to be a little bit not beneath you, but a little bit, you know, no, that's not what I want to get into. But the knowledge you'll get, so even, you know, you join a join somewhere where you can do some personal training, get some experience, you know, earn some money, um, and you just you will learn so much from dealing with a whole host and a whole range of different populations. So you know, I'd say, you know, don't be too precious about trying to hold up what, you know, what you want to do up, you know, up here and, and think, okay, well, I, can, I can learn anywhere. Or even just volunteer, even just, you know, doing it with people you know and as long as you've got the right you know kind of insurances and all of those things so make sure that's that's all covered yeah that's what that's why i said sort of shadow first so you understand the practice for example this is a long time ago dominic bar was a tennis coach and i at wentworth and i started as a like a volunteer coach and then i got the experience of doing one-on-one uh, with my level one so you know this is a long time ago but it started with the big camps as like you know as a like throwing the balls to the kids and I got the shadowing of the right practices so just with regards to the coaching element now because what I find fascinating is you've got strength and conditioning as your area of passion but alongside that you've improved like you, you're involved in coaching as well so how do they work hand in hand because I know a lot of people who could be listening to this may do sort of degree programs on specifically coaching so how does strength and conditioning and coaching work hand in hand with regards to making yourself a bit different but also enhancing those skill sets into into this industry as well uh by coaching what do you mean right well when you're working with people you're theoretically coaching of how to improve their performance so it relates to your communication skills but sometimes think of i want to be a football coach but actually coaching is still an element in strength and conditioning with the communication so that's what i mean those skill sets that's what i mean well absolutely which is which is why i will you know why we why we, why we have like through the the uk sca the uk strength and conditioning association you know that the, when you get accreditation you're accredited strength and conditioning coach and i think you know that the terminology i guess it sometimes can be semantics it is important you know i'd rather say that i'm a coach rather than a trainer for example so yeah absolutely i think i think the coaching element is absolutely intrinsically part of it um fundamentally with coaching you're looking to coach um you know an outcome you're looking to coach a process so yeah when you've got someone in in front of you in the gym or you're you're on court you're doing some movement based stuff you know some movement work you're you're fundamentally you are are coaching absolutely that person through your language through your demos through your cueing to achieve the you know what you're wanting them to achieve so yeah absolutely i would say they are 
pretty much one and the same. Out of interest, what one skill set have you developed being a coach, reflecting now? That's a good question. Um, I, I think, I don't know, I think maybe definitely when, and I was probably guilty of it when I was younger, you're very keen to show what you can do, show what you know. And I think almost sometimes without seeing what you've got in front of you in the first place. So whereas now I think I, I probably say a lot less. Um, and that's been, you know, so sometimes you can just be some background noise constantly. And I think I say a lot less. I watch a lot more. I observe a lot more. I listen a lot more, I would hope. I can still talk rubbish from time to time. But, you know, it's it's. I think in that respect, in terms of coaching, um, yeah, I think I, it's less about, it's less about kind of trying to show what, what you know and, and fundamentally a core principle of mine with the coaching is that it's always it's not about you it's about the athlete it's about the person in front of you so and that's whether it's you know someone who is a, an athlete and a professional athlete an aspiring athlete a junior athlete or whether it's a, a general population athlete and i still record people as athletes no matter where that you know where they where they sit so if you can move i feel like you know you're in any way you're, you're an athlete so um so yeah, fundamentally, it's it's not about you as a coach. It's about the athlete, and you've got to put them front and center in terms of what you do. So it doesn't matter what you know um, if it's not getting across to them and they're not improving. Um, there's a great TED talk by Ken Robinson. Ken Robinson, and, it, and it's like you know you can be in the you can be in the it's about teaching and education, but it's saying you can be in the in the act of teaching, but unless any learning is taking place, no teaching is taking place. So fundamentally, it doesn't matter what you know, and you can spout loads of things out. But if they're not taking it on board, and they're not improving, they're not developing, and they're not learning, then it's not coaching. I find that really interesting. It relates to sort of that less is more approach. And you've highlighted another important point, because I know so many students, when they graduate, they're enthusiastic, and they go, let's stick to strength and conditioning in tennis. They go, I want to work those top elite tennis players like the Rafa Nadals, Roger Federer, just to get people grounded and getting back to earth. How important is it actually to start the grassroots and earn your stripes then to progress into those sort of elite bracket athletes? Well, well, it depends. I mean, it depends if, if that's where you where you do want to go. And that's that's going to be a, a very personal choice for, for each person, because if you're talking from a from a tennis perspective, you know, and you really want to get into it, that's going to involve a lot of time away potentially. It's the the, the, the chance, you know, the, the there aren't many players, you know to choose from really um so yeah that's going to be a very personal kind of choice in terms of where you want to go but um i think most uh if you think it's like any organization you think of a a player as as the ceo of their organization that realistically is someone going to take you on just straight fresh out of the gate you know as a as a a, a company and you know you're going to have to demonstrate your ability to do the job you know with them so yeah so that so wherever you can find the ability to 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 do that job whether it's you know whatever age group you know whatever 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 area you want to coach whether it's general you know recreational adult players or it's senior players or it's junior players or whatever you know, fundamentally when i train a or when i coach i should say when i coach a a club player um fundamentally the things i do are very similar to what i would do with the with the professional players or the the aspiring professional players you just tweak it slightly but fundamentally those club players and 
regional players, you know, the over 60s age group, they still want to be faster on the court. They still want to, still want to be more powerful. They still want to last longer. They still want to, you know, have fewer injuries. What they want is pretty similar. It's just tweaked slightly. So, yeah, any, any time and place you can get to to get that experience and that knowledge of, of, of within your sport, whatever it might be, will stand you hopefully in better stead if you then want to progress quote unquote up the ladder because some people might think that that's not the aspiration the aspiration might be somewhere else if that makes sense now, i find this really interesting that's why i asked because i was just really interested and just pivoting the conversation a little bit because i think this is important when i started coaching i never thought of building a network you know and build communicate with let's say other coaches or it doesn't matter what industry how important is it to build a network with regards to the work you do. And I'm going to explain this story of how we got connected because I like to share with the listeners how I got connected with my special guest because this is how you learn. So I had the privilege of interviewing Matt Rogan, met him in Singapore. Matt literally sent me a message on WhatsApp going, look, there's a guy you got to speak to, Dominic. He's He coaches my children in tennis and he'll be a great special guest. And this is how conversations grow through that sort of referral, if you call it that, but also that first conversation in making something happen. And right now we're doing this interview. So how important is networking in your industry? Because sometimes we forget about that. We focus about what we do as a job. We forget about all the other pieces of the puddle that can help us grow with our development. Term networking, I always always feel like it sounds a bit cold and a bit callous. It's almost like I'm networking because I'm looking to get something from this situation kind of thing and it, it's fundamentally about relationship building you know and, and just finding like-minded people passionate people within your industry who you can learn from and and who hopefully you know you can maybe offer something to as well um i mean i always there comes to sort of almost like the never never stop learning is, is sort of an idea of mine never stop learning and it's always looking for okay where are learning opportunities and if you're genuine about trying to find learning opportunities and, and improving as a coach and being as good as you can be, I feel like those relationships and those opportunities to learn, whether it's courses or chatting with people, will kind of come about, especially if you're very genuine about it. I think people can see whether the people are you know, authentic or you know you have a real desire to to connect with people. And and I think one of the biggest things I'm you know I'm really proud about within this country is I think genuinely and I'll go back to sort of like a wider, you know, sort of uh, network of people. But in this country, I think we've got some of, I'm talking from a tennis specific standpoint now, because I you know, do do other, you know, train people from other sports as well. But from a tennis specific standpoint, well, I think we have some of the best tennis specific strength and conditioning coaches in the world, in this country. And I'm not bashful about saying that. And what I'm incredibly proud of over the years, I've known a lot of them over the years, and we've created a really strong community you know, as well as, a, as you want to call it, a network. And I, I would consider a lot of them to be really good friends as well as colleagues now. And it's a very inclusive, it's a very sharing community. And I'm really, really proud of that. And, and, and we, I think some industries or some even areas of strength and conditioning, some sports can be very secretive, very closed. You know, I'm not telling you what I'm doing. I'm not sharing that. I'm not doing that. We're very, you know, we're very open. We obviously, you know, confidentiality. But in terms of principles in terms of thought process practices philosophies we're incredibly open and i think it's created an, a really really strong community of, of coaches and, and i love that and, and i absolutely love that and we just and it's just a, a joy when we you know when we get together 
Um, and undoubtedly, because you can be in your own centers and you can be kind of very concentrated on what you're doing, that to look out of that group and actually this time in, in lockdown that, we, that we've had, I've probably seen people on Zoom way more than I've seen them in like over the last few years. And it's been brilliant. It's been lovely because every time you connect, you feel like you learn something else. You're learning from people the whole time and it's brilliant. And through putting myself out there to speak at conferences and, and online summits and become be faculty at events, you know, I've met brilliant, brilliant people in, in, in this industry in, in, in sort of the tennis specific niche. And these are people that I, you know, just look up to and respect massively. And I'm just, you know, really sounds twee, but really humbled that they're now, you know, in my phone and now on my, you know, I, people that I can just call up and connect with. And, and it's, yeah, I think the, the willingness to, to share and to build a community is, is huge. And also build a conversation. I think that's really important as well. Like these communities I'm sort of been involved in, and it's almost like a massive brainstorm. And before I forget, Matt, if you're listening, thank you for making this happen. And out of interest, Dominic, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey looking back from 1995? It's been a blast, really. It's been great. Um, I mean, I can't believe it's been, I pinch myself that, that it's been so long, you know, already. But I mean, I love so much. Um, I mean, I love what I do. So that's great. So, you know, you get out, out, out of bed every morning and, and, and you thoroughly enjoy what you do. There's no one I look at in my, you know, if I, the people I'm coaching and think, oh, no, not them. You know, there's no, no one like that. Um, I love seeing, I do a lot of work with junior athletes so i love seeing how they progress you know as people as well as athletes um you know i always have a joke with them as they go off on their various ways you know it's like children fly in the nest and they, they always come back it's nice or most of them come back you know to say hi and um i say you know remember, remember me on the way up you know to do them um so i love that aspect to it i love the people that i've met along the way um you know say with that community and the, the things i've learned from them um, I've loved yeah, the coaching, the, the, the people and the athletes to do what they do. I mean, fundamentally, achievements are great. And I like it when people, you know, achieve things. Um, absolutely. And you get very proud. But, you know, fundamentally, it's it's about those, I think, that those relationships along the way that have, that have been the, the, the best thing. Awesome. Well, I have thoroughly have enjoyed this conversation. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question what three tips, and you've given bags of great knowledge already of advice, but if you had to fundamentally put it into three tips to a graduate student who wants to literally start their career in strength and conditioning, what would those three tips be? Uh, well, I think we've probably covered one of them. There's no particular order here, but um, I think we've probably covered one of them in, in terms of um, looking to try and get as much practical experience as possible. So, you know, get out there. You know, when I have recruited before, you kind of go through your CVs and and I, I remember one occasion where there was a, just the most phenomenal CV, you know, more letters after the name than in the name, you know, it was kind of amazing kind of qualifications and I, and my whole process was to, you know, get them into a practical session and also, you know, a, a sit down, you know, kind of interview and just, they just, with, with the, you know, with all due respect, they just didn't have it from a coaching perspective. You know, there was no rapport. There was no kind of engagement in the coaching process. You could tell that the players in front were, were, were bored by by the session and not really with it. So, you know, if you're going to have, which is which is fine, because that person might well then be suited to a different strand. You know, might be suited to research based or, you know, who, who knows? 
but you know so i think that i idea that the, the the qualifications are great but the practical experience is absolutely you know going to be going to be really really important as well um kind of tied to that would be that really look at the broad scope of opportunities within strength and conditioning so the UKSCA, I think, are doing a, a really good job in terms of sort of broadening that scope, which, you know, is met with a bit of resistance from some. But I think it's I think it's a, a really great initiative. So what you're looking looking at is is um, kind of looking at having strength and conditioning coaches across a wider array of areas within society, because fundamentally, I don't stop being a strength and conditioning coach when I'm with a general population or somebody who's recovering from a heart attack or whatever. I still use the strength and conditioning principles within that population so if you look if you're in a if you're in a strength and conditioning degree and you're thinking right i want to go into this route i want to go to the, you know this this sports and that's fine but there are loads of other options i think within the strength and conditioning realm on, under that umbrella um which i think will be very which would, would be very very interesting to look at i really believe and this is my genuine hope that after this kind of situation we're in at the moment I feel like there, there will be a really kind of like positive response in terms of prioritizing health and well-being. Because I think fundamentally right now, all we want is our loved ones to be healthy, you know, and, and being, you know, being good, good health. And I said, I put in like a, a Facebook post, you know, from uh, recently just saying that I feel like my colleagues and friends in sort of the, you know, the sports, the leisure, the fitness, the health, well-being industry, we can play a significant part in that. And I think in many ways, we actually have a responsibility to. And I think we can really try and facilitate that sort of positive response. And so I think there will be huge opportunities that people can look at within strength and conditioning. Does that make sense? Sorry, that was a bit of a long-winded answer on that one. Yeah, no, no, no. That's an important point. Um, really quickly, before you say your third one, but that's really important. Um, you know, with regards to what's going on, it, we are still in this pandemic. So, and it's important to relate to what you're saying there um including myself i want this show to be a beacon to educate you know with regards to moving forward i've seen quickly more people out walking their dogs because uh, we're allowed to now run than ever before in, in my village so and and i think if you if you are studying any everybody in sport or anything if you can impact society it's all our responsibility we're one so but getting back to your third and final point what is it dominic I don't know. I think when we're coming out and I, whether it's an age thing or an experiencing, I don't know. But um, I've done a lot of looking into, you know, brain development and, and adolescent brain development and the fact that adolescence actually can last well into the 20s. And I think when some, sometimes you come out to, as a student, you come out thinking, I know it all. You know, I've, these, this is what I've learned. The textbook told me, my lecturer told me, I know it all. And I think sometimes, you know, yes, absolutely, bring that, bring the skills, bring the knowledge, bring the, bring the enthusiasm, bring your philosophy, but also bring a certain kind of humility and respect of the experiences of everyone who's kind of gone before you. And so my philosophy is, you know, I, that success is not a finite commodity. So we could, there's enough opportunities for people to go around and to be supportive and encouragement, uh, encouraging. And I, and I feel like that's always what I want to look to do within my own personal idea philosophy awesome well look everybody i hope you've enjoyed this conversation those tips out of interest dominic how can people connect with you on social media um social media i've got moderately <laughs> active i'd say um instagram and twitter are probably the the 
ones I'm on most, which is uh, Dom J King um, on both of them. Uh, website which is maximiseathleticperformance.com. All the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this podcast episode. Dominic, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks and appreciate it. And thanks for everything you're doing as well with, um, you know, it's, it's some great resources you're putting out there. So thank you. What a fascinating podcast chat with Dominic. The biggest learning lesson I've taken from this podcast is that your career journey can take it to where you want to take it. And I'll explain my point. Dominic, who studied French and Russian, then ended up finding a real interest in strength and conditioning. It just shows that there is no linear pathway. The key is having that interest, strong desire in what you want to do, and also taking a step back in evaluating knowing what you want to do. For Dominic, it was that big moment when it was his friend in that car crash, which gave him a moment where he could really self-evaluate and reflect on himself going, is this what I want? And he discovered that actually strength and conditioning going into the sort of fitness industry was his true desire with regards to the next 50 years. And for me, I think this is really important. At times, as I say to myself, your sports career is not a job, it's a journey. And sometimes that journey takes you somewhere where you think you're on the right path and then an incident happens or some sort of significant event happens where actually it's a reality check in knowing what you want. So look, I really do hope you enjoyed this podcast chat as much as I have. For me, it really opened up my eyes that anything's possible in the sports industry if you put your mind to it. So on that note, really focus in on what you want to do, believe in it and start doing it today. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Dominic said, get out there and get as much practical experience as possible by showcasing your enthusiasm and humility. Humility.